everybody, and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. I am your host, Taylor Rockwell, Daryl Grove, not yet back from Boston, hopefully will be soon. So instead, I'm going to be talking to uh, Graham Ruthven of Eurosport. He covers La Liga for Eurosport uh, and is going to be talking about La Liga with me today. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about the, the big three, such as they are right now, uh, of Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and then Real Madrid. But uh, we start off this episode talking a bit more about like some of the smaller teams, some of the teams that are a bit more exciting or that maybe if you're trying to get into La Liga, you might want to pay attention to. But then obviously we do cover some of the bigger stories. What will happen with Neymar? What will happen with Gareth Bale? How is it possible that both uh, both Real Madrid and Barcelona are, are able to spend all the money? And I think a very interesting one is sort of what Atletico Madrid are doing to sort of change their very identifiable style into something a bit more uh, pretty, which is not a thing that you usually think of when, it, when you think of Diego Simeone tactics and ruthlessness. But we'll see what happens. Uh, so Graham has uh, lots of great explanations for what's going to be going on in La Liga and what has already been going on this summer. Uh, so I will now turn it over to Graham explaining all those things. With me now, back on the show, I think making his second appearance, is Mr. Graham Ruthven, uh, who covers La Liga for Eurosport. Graham, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today. No problem. It's good to be on again. Um, so I want to get right to it because time is of the essence. We've got La Liga right around the corner. Uh, Sid Lowe tweeted out today that no one has the rights to broadcast La Liga in the UK. He said the league decided that none of the bids were acceptable and effectively ditched the process. I guess maybe talks are ongoing. Um, from what you know or from what you've heard of the situation, is that La Liga like having too high of expectations or is that just kind of broadcasters not valuing La Liga in the UK? It's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, it's an, it is an interesting situation. So last season, there was a, a new um, broadcaster that popped up called Eleven Sports. They wanted to do the, the whole um, cord cutting thing that has worked in the US, particularly with uh, ESPN+. Plus. Um, and so they bought the La Liga rights, for, which had previously been held by Sky. Um, and Sky, as I'm sure you know, are, are, are the big dogs over mm-hmm. here. You know, they have the Premier League and so on. Um and they also bought Italian uh, soccer rights, Serie A. They also had Eredivisie uh, from Holland. Um, but the the whole venture wasn't very successful. They didn't. They they actually wanted to have a channel on the Sky platform, um, so they would be on television. That never materialised. So the streaming they had to stream. Um, there were no like kind of Chromecast options or anything uh-huh. like that. So you basically had to stream through your computer or phone. And I don't think it was very successful. And so. The, the rights have kind of been fragmented away. I mean, Premier Sports took some La Liga rights last season when it looked like 11 might actually fold before the end of the season. Um, I think Premier have taken the Serie A rights for this season. So it's a strange situation where no one's really sure what's happening with anything. I would be surprised if we went through a whole season with La Liga not being on um, UK TV. I think eventually either Sky or BT, who are the other kind of big broadcasters over here, they will take that. Um, and, and La Liga, while they might not get the money that they wanted, because I think 11 were probably paying quite a, a pretty penny for those rights. I don't think Sky or BT will do that. But for La Liga to not have eyeballs on their league um, in the UK, which is one of the biggest markets in Europe, is just unacceptable. So I, I think that will be resolved one way or another over the coming weeks. 
So that's in the UK. In the US, I do think like La Liga has certainly dedicated uh, viewers, watchers, a lot of people, big fans of uh, Barca Real, obviously. But it does feel like it's it's a league that maybe neutrals people who just like watch the Premier League or the Bundesliga maybe skip over. And I feel like that's because you have the three big teams and then sort of a lot of also rans. My question for you, like we'll we'll get to the big teams. Don't worry, people who want to hear about the big teams. But my question for you, Graham, is like for some of the like maybe like the second tier, third tier teams in La Liga, mm-hmm. who do you personally find the most enjoyable to watch if people want to get into la liga this season don't want to support one of the big three who else is out there that you think uh can be very enjoyable it depends what you're looking for of course if you if you are uh you know a fan of a, an underdog story hitafe last season were an excellent story you know a very very close to finishing in the champions league places which was sensational they eventually finished it in the europa league places um in terms of like Style of play, I guess, like uh, some of the some like some um, like Huesca last season, who you know had a had a poor season, dropped out of the league, but they were they were excellent to watch. I mean, they 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 played a a great uh, kind of brand of football. So I, I think if you are a, a a neutral and you maybe don't know that much about La Liga. I would say the quality throughout the league. So I watch I watch leagues around the world and, and I cover a lot of Premier League as well. I would actually say the quality, the, the watermark on the, in La Liga in terms of technical ability, um, the actual quality of the players is, is higher than the Premier League. I think there are, there are teams lower down that 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 table that can go to. I mean, we saw Real Madrid losing how many? Get, I think they lost thirteen games last season. Mm-hmm. A lot of them to teams lower down the league. So there's a quite a lot of quality. Throughout throughout the the league, I mean Valencia this uh, this season and, and and the last part of last season were excellent. Um, they've made some. They've spent a bit of money. I would say Sevilla this season are going to be hugely interesting mm-hmm. because uh, Monchi is is back as a sporting director after that that strange little stint in, in Rome, and uh, uh, Lopetegui uh, is 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 the manager there as well after his disaster at Real Madrid last year and and, and obviously at Spain at the World Cup. So. There's a huge amount of interest all the way through the league. I mean, Real Betis were, were excellent at times last season. They've now um, got uh, Nabil uh, Fakir from from Leon. They have lost Giovanni Lucelso. But all the way through the league, I think there is interest, not just in the top three. I mean, I know we're going to get to it. I think actually this season is, in terms of that three-horse race, is maybe the most compelling there's been for a number of years. So I'm not saying that isn't of interest. But if you're one of those people who wants to see quality further down the league, I mean, Spain has loads for you. Um, I, so yeah, I'm I'm really curious about that. But I, I had a follow up on Real Batiste. Uh, I am really curious about Giovanni Lo Celso because he was on loan at Batiste last season, at least from my understanding. Mm. I can't claim to have like been like. Like uh, up to date with the ins and outs of Rabatis, but basically on loan last season from PSG, scored 16 goals, 45 appearances. They trigger his purchase option in April of 2019, then loan him mm-hmm. to Tottenham with an option to buy this summer. Is this basically just a case of they know he's going to go for big money, so they want to buy him now, so then they can make money off of him later? Uh, or is it basically just trying to like make sure PSG doesn't get that money and they do instead? Yeah, I mean, they. they... So the, I think the purchase offer on La Celso from PSG, I know this gets very complicated, I, I think was a, a, a minimal amount. Um, so Batiste, you know, as, as you rightfully point out there, um, La Celso had been excellent for them last season. It got to a stage of the season where there was talk about him being a target for Premier League clubs, maybe even for Real Madrid, who were linked. And, and so it became clear that they were going to get the money. They were going to get more money than the purchase offer from PSG. Obviously, this is all complicated by the fact that they've now loaned, they've basically done 
uh, with Tottenham, what PSG did with them, which is you know a loan deal with a, an option to purchase. But I think that was more on the basis of what Spurs wanted because they were spending big on on Sessegnon. Uh, They'd already signed uh, Tangay Endombele, uh, and they were kind of in for Dybala as well. So it's more on I think Betis would have rathered a, a straight. So, uh, sale, you know, having the money this summer, but they they know that um, Spurs will will pay the money next season. I think it might actually be mandatory. I think it might actually be it's ah. not an option. It might be a mandatory that Spurs pay the money next year. I could be wrong on that, but I think that that could be the way that deal is structured. De- deals are always so confusing to me when there's mandatory options versus optional options. It seems like it kind of defeats the purpose of it being an option, but whatever. So that's uh, that's Batiste. Sevilla, uh, I have them as like the Sevilla reclamation project for the reason you mentioned. I wanted to ask about your thoughts on Lopetegui for a second because you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Like we, we remember him for Real Madrid, like or not remember him well for Madrid, and then again uh, for like being, being axed by Spain. I sort of don't know what to make of him. What type of manager do you think he is and what are your expectations? for Sevilla this season he has a he's a pure coach Lopetegui I, mean, I think some of some of the concerns against him are that he's maybe not the most commanding and and as a as a persona as, as a character in the dressing room but there's no denying that he has a, he has a very good coach I think Lopetegui needs this to go well I mean that that obviously goes without saying but he he has become almost like a David Moyes figure in Spanish football in that Wherever he's turned up the last year or so, things have just gone against him. Things that aren't necessarily his fault. I mean, there was he turned up at Sevilla on his first training session. There was a video that came out of him being absolutely slammed in the face by a shot uh, from a wayward shot from a player. You know, from one of one of the Sevilla players, and you just think, is this guy just cursed? I mean, that you know, he goes to <laughs> he goes to he goes to Sevilla. Where they're, you know, a fresh star, he's a lot of faith getting put in him, and, and within his first day, he's already getting mocked because he's taken a ball to the face. Um, so I think it, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it, they've lost uh, Ben Yedder, to, or, or they're, they're in the process. I'm not sure if that, if that deal has gone through yet at the time of recording, but he's off to, to Monaco. Uh, Pablo Sarabia has, has gone to, to PSG. So Ben Yedder was their top scorer, Sarabia was their uh, best kind of creator. Um, so that's th- those are big holes to, to fill, but they have spent, I think, around 100 million euros on on uh, Juan Jordan and uh, Lucas Acampos, and I think they've got Sergio uh, uh, Reguilón from uh, on loan from Real Madrid. So there there is a bit of quality there, and, and and Monchi is back. I think him going back to Sevilla is just as significant as as Lopetegui pitching up um, there because. We all know what he did at the club previously, and if if he can do half of what he did before, they'll have a successful season. That makes sense to me. Uh, all of that very valid. Uh, I am still obsessed with the idea that like somewhere Lopetegui has like bothered a witch, and it is indeed a curse. <laughs> so I'm going to keep an eye on that. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about the big three. Uh, I, I believe I don't want to misquote you, but I believe you were saying that it's like you think it's going to be very competitive, or maybe the most competitive, which yeah. is surprising to me because the narrative surrounding say Real Madrid is that they're in a uh, bit of shambles, whereas maybe Barcelona and Atleti have strengthened. So I'm wondering like why you're feeling it's going to be uh, so uh, competitive up top yeah well I mean the, the main the team that I think are going to challenge Barcelona the most this season is, is probably Atletico Madrid yeah. um, they have they we've all seen the business that they've done it's not just the business that they've done because obviously they've spent big in recent seasons um, as well what Simeone has tried to do this summer is a very very deliberate change of style so Atletico Madrid have always been the, you know well organized 
well drilled at the back, keep it compact, good on the counter attack, um, fantastic team spirit. They, they, you know, the um, Simeone, I think it's called uh, Chilismo, is what is, is his ideology, which is which is very much close to the kind of the underdog spirit. Even when Atletico Madrid winning league titles and Champions League finals, they've always kind of thrived on this underdog idea. And Simeone has has kind of recognised that that can only take them so far. They can never be the front runner like that. So this summer. He's completely changed style. He's he wants to make them expressive, expansive. He wants to make them entertaining. I think the days, if this is successful anyway, I think the days of um, Atletico winning every game at home one 0 are, are maybe over. And they they might they you know they might concede a few goals because of they've lost Godin, Felipe Luis. You know, there's a lot of kind of uh, turnover there, and they've spent big on players who are minded on going forward. So uh, Yao Felix, who who looks fantastic by the way. I mean, probably the best teenager I've seen in European soccer for a long time mm-hmm. um, Kieran, Kieran Trippi signed uh, Rodrigo Moreno I don't think that deal's done yet but he will come from Valencia signing Morata permanently from Chelsea Marcos Llorente from Real Madrid which is an interesting one um, so they, they, they're very much trying to change the character of the team there what I would say is Simeone tried something similar last summer he knew this had to happen and, uh, as, as long ago as last summer, and he kind of abandoned it. It, it, it. The first few weeks of the season or the first few months of the season didn't go so well for Atleti, and, and he kind of abandoned it and went back to the default setting. This summer, he's gone full in on it, um, so, and, and the preseason has been positive. I mean, I think we all saw that game where Atleti scored seven against Real Madrid uh, in New Jersey. So I think they're the team that, that are going to be up there with Barcelona. Real Madrid are an interesting one because it feels like they could have a good season, but it equally feels like they could they could have it's a fifty fifty kind of shot, isn't it? It feels like the things could click and Zidane could find his team and Eden Azar could could uh, light it up and Luka Jovic could score twenty goals and help Benzema out and and um, Ferland Mendy could could solve the problem that Marcelo had at left back last season. But it also feels like there's a sim- something simmering at that club. I'd compare it to Jose Mourinho at Manchester United last year, where you know preseason is only preseason, but you do get a sense for the camp and the mood in the camp. And you you knew with Mourinho last season at Manchester United they were just going to have a bad season because there was a, there was a bad vibe in that group. And I think it's quite similar with Real Madrid. I mean, there's already talk that Zidane and and Florentino Perez are clashing over not getting Paul Pogba, despite the fact that 300 million euros has been spent on other players, and it it just feels like it could kick off, but. If they get an opening win, uh, an opening weekend win against Celta Vigo at Balados, which has always been a difficult place for Real Madrid to go, then momentum builds and all these problems disappear. So it's difficult to know what to expect from Real Madrid this season. And then, of course, Barcelona, um, the big sign in there is, is Antoine Griezmann, who, if you ask me, is a player they didn't need. Um, <laughs> and I'm not entirely, that's not a comment on Antoine Griezmann. I think yeah, yeah. Griezmann is a fantastic player, but. You know where does he fit in? I think he is maybe the long-term successor to. Well, I say long-term. I mean, how old is how old is Antoine Griezmann? He's what 27, 28. Yeah. So he's he's coming into his peak as well. So he is the long-term successor, if I can say that 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 term, long-term, um, to Luis Suarez. But Luis Suarez is you know still one of the best strikers in European soccer. So how 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 are they going to fit him into that team? I think what Griezmann will do is in preseason he's got because Messi's got a calf injury at the moment they're having to play without Messi and he'll miss the first few weeks of the season and I think Griezmann has given Barcelona a way to play without Lionel Messi which is important because last season we saw Ernesto Ernesto Valverde trying to rest Messi 
keep him fresh for the latter stages of the season. And each time he almost had to come off the bench to save Barcelona because they don't know how to play without him. And I think that'll be where Griezmann it does make a, a difference as I think he gives them a, a way to play without Messi. But having moved to Barcelona for what is it, 100 million euros or whatever it was, is Antoine Griezmann going to be happy with just being the, the Lino Messi deputy who gets wheeled out for, you know, Copa del Rey early round games. I mean, I, I just don't see how that's going to work. I think Frankie de Jong is a great signing for them. Um, I think he'll fit in perfectly. And I think Barcelona will be strong because, well, Lino Messi. I mean, any team that's got Lino Messi is, yeah. is, is going to be up there. Um, but I think between, it, it is an extremely compelling season because, as I say, you don't know what to expect from Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid are going to be strong as they have been in recent years, but they're going to be strong in a different way. They're going to be a different team. And then, of course, you've got questions over Barcelona and, and Antoine Griezmann. So, yeah, really interesting this season. More still to come from my conversation with Graham Ruffin, uh, but his Scottish brogue reminded me that I, I wanted mm-hmm. some Englishness in my life. So I've got Daryl Grove on the line. Hello, Daryl. Hello. Here's my English voice. How are you it, doing? It's lovely. It's lovely. I'm doing well. It's nice here in Richmond. Uh, it is not 1,000 degrees. Uh, it's just close to 1,000 degrees. So a nice <laughs> change of pace for us. Remember to wear sunscreen. <laughs> I shall. Uh, but yes, I, we have Daryl Grove, who's still in Boston, returns this evening. We'll be back in studio uh, tomorrow. Uh, but for now, yeah. I wanted to talk my, to my you. Check out, my checkout time is 30 minutes, so I've got to do this, pack, oh and then head to the airport. Yeah. All right. we'll, 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 let's, let's, let's get it going quickly, because I do have a sort of transfer quiz for you. But first, Ooh. I feel like we should talk about uh, our friends. And I mean that like literally and figuratively, our friends over <laughs> at Leadberry. Yes, uh, friends and uh, sometimes our relatives, right? Who work at Ledbury. Oh yeah, right. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's my brother-in-law who is I, yeah. I hope always my relative. So yes, not sometimes my relative <laughs> who, who designed our logo, right? He designed he our logo. Both and he's logos. Designed the Soccer One Hundred and One mm-hmm. logo. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's designed all the logos for the other podcast I'm going to launch uh, behind your back. It's really exciting. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> so Le- Ledbury is, um, well, initially a shirt company, right? Yes. So they, they launched um, in the, the late aughts. Um, and it's our friend Paul Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul and Paul. Yep. Um, our friend Paul Watson is one of the one of the co-founders. And we didn't talk about this on the last show, but I remember when they launched, the big deal was the magic button. Do you remember all the hype about the magic oh, button? I forgot about the magic button. Can you explain? So you know how like if you, if you, you can button your shirt all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Or you can undo the top collar button, but then that next button down is on most shirts. Yep. It's still a little too high. Yep. But then if you undo that second button, then there's chest hair everywhere. Oh yeah, and you, you look like some sort of weird Lothario. Yeah, then you've got to uh, get a gold chain. It's a whole thing. Yeah, and then you got to invest in gold chains, right? And, yeah, <laughs> and fake suntan and everything. Um, so what what they did at Ledbury is they just moved that second button a little lower. They kind mm. of split the difference between buttons two and three. So if you go, I mean, obviously you can wear it all the way buttoned up with a tie and all that if you want. But if you unbutton the top the top button, the color button, the second one is perfectly located. So it's not too high up and not too far down. Yes. And that makes the shirts incredibly nice. But then the design, the patterns, the different colors, everything that goes into, you know, high end, very nice shirts. Yeah. It it makes it then problematic, though, because when we do interact with Paul, uh, you and I wear what we wear to record, which is not very nice, like tailored button up shirts. Uh, Paul does. We look like slabs. um, We look like slabs. I'm wearing a t-shirt from Target with the Millennium Falcon on it. (laughs) I think I've got a 
I've got a Carhartt shirt on. So we're, you're in good company, my friend. Yes. So then hanging out with Paul, it's a little bit difficult. It's why I like playing soccer with him because at least then he's not usually wearing <laughs> a button up. He has to dress down. <laughs> he does. It, we force him to. But the reason why we're talking about Leadberry is because they have their, uh, the Leadberry legendary is what I'm going to call it, warehouse sale, uh, at their flagship store here in Richmond. If you are in the kind of central Virginia area, area from August 21st to the 25th, uh, the warehouse sale is going on. That means shirts starting at $29, pants at $59, sport coats from $200, lots of other categories available at discounts up to 75%. But, Daryl, if people aren't in Virginia, why should they care? They should care because they can still go online to mm. ledbury.com, L-E-D-B-U-R-Y. Thank you for that. Dot- Com, named after the uh, the English street in London. Uh, and you can get um, 20% off your first purchase with the code TSS2019. TSS2019 is good for 20% off your first purchase of a Ledbury shirt. Mm-hmm. And that means you're helping a, like, a local company here in Richmond, but you can help them despite not being local yourself. So if you're in on the <laughs> West Coast, if you're in Alaska, if you're anywhere else, you can yeah. go online, get those shirts, and get that discount. Uh, but again, it's very nice price products uh, and a variety of different styles and cuts and fashions and all that good stuff. So uh, I, I can't believe it. The, the, uh, the legendary Ledbury uh-huh. warehouse sale. I just talk about it. You said shirt starting at 29. That's like a fifth of the usual price, right? Yes, That's a huge, is. huge discount. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always, it's so much of a discount that like then when occasionally I'll be like, Ooh, that's a nice shirt and it's a full price one. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I mean, I, and yeah, so it's, it, it's a great opportunity. Uh, we hope people will check it out once again, uh, TSS 2019 to get 20% off, uh, from the Leadberry site. A link obviously will be in the show notes. Daryl, the reason why I'm excited to have you on is because, uh, I gave you the quiz on the first uh, Matt Herman episode that was mostly about like Bundesliga related stuff. This time the transfer window has been going. Uh, I don't know how much attention you've been paying to it, so I feel like not I that wa- much. So I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I want to ask you some uh, some transfer questions and see how well you do. Okay. Um, We'll start with one, since this is going to be on the, uh, the the Graham La Liga preview show. I'll ask you this. At time of recording, this is Thursday just afternoon, Um who has spent more money in the summer window so far, Real Madrid or Barcelona? Ooh. It's a well, strange one. It's a strange one because, well, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll let you take it. Young. Mm-hmm. They didn't get Neymar yet, right? Yet. Which might be the big purchase. Real Madrid spent like almost $100 million on Hazard, right? Mm-hmm. And they spent 50 on a defender. I'm going to say it's Real Madrid. It is Real Madrid. You are correct. Yes. Uh, in dollars, I, I think Madrid have spent around $350 million, uh, to Barcelona's paltry $300 million or thereabouts. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's because Madrid's players, I feel like, kind of go under the radar a little bit because there's Aiden Hazard, there's Jovic, Militao is the one you were referring to, and then uh, Ferlan yeah. Mendy, Rodrigo, whereas Barcelona's, aside from Frankie de Jong and Antoine Griezmann, have been like Neto, a replacement goalkeeper, a right back, uh, Junior Firpo, the left back. So yeah, I think it's easy to kind of focus on the bigger ones, but we'll see how much that changes if Neymar does indeed move to one of those teams. Uh, I, I, I imagine forgot, that will change. I forgot about Antoine Griezmann. I think mm-hmm. if I'd remembered him and the money that he cost, I might have said Barcelona. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did not. So you're one for one yeah. so far. Uh, next question for you. Which player uh, moved for the biggest fee so far this summer? In and the whole if, world? Uh, yes. And I can give you a hint if you would like. Have we seen him play in Orlando? That was your hint. 
<laughs> it's Jao Felix. It is Jao Felix. 126 million euros uh, to Atletico Madrid. You are correct. All right, two for two. See, you were nervous about this yeah. one. Uh, Didn't even need the hints. Uh, here's a, here's another one that relates to Atleti. Uh, of the top 10 transfers this summer, three have been center backs. Uh, one is Lucas Hernandez, who moved from Atleti to Bayern. Uh, I gave you that one. Who are the other two? And again, I have hints for you if you so need. Uh, is one of them Rodri to Man City? Uh, he's not a center back. Oh, sorry. What? Can you tell me the question again? I yeah, thought this was about Atleti transfers. No, 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 no. I said of the top 10 transfers this summer, three have been center backs. One of them was Lucas Hernandez. Who are the other two center backs who have moved for big money this summer? Oh, so this is not La Liga specific necessarily because no. one of them has to be uh, De Ligt. It does. Going to Juve for like 67 or so. You Harry right. Maguire. Eighty That's million other pounds one. to Manchester United. Look at this! You're three for three. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a slightly harder one then. Just yeah, you know, I thought you've make... underestimated me so far. Nah, I'm just trying to be you've, a pal. You've misunderestimated me. All right, here's one for you. <laughs> this one's a little tough. One. Vincent Company is going to be the player manager of Anderlecht, uh, which is a thing I forgot uh, briefly. Uh, Anderlecht being his True. boyhood club. Do I win? <laughs> you do not. Um, which I'll say controversial former Man City teammate did the club bring in on a free transfer? Which controversial former Man City player did Anderlecht mm-hmm. bring in on a free transfer? Yes. Again, I have hints if you would like. Controversial. Oh, and Balotelli's still in negotiations I was, elsewhere. I was going right? to say, hint number one is that it's not Mario Balotelli. Okay. Ooh, I don't know. Can you give me, yeah, give me a couple yeah. of hints. Is there any, like, uh, era or so? This player has also played for, in not this order, Marseille, Arsenal, West Ham, and Antalya Spore. And then maybe your final hit is that, and then he didn't play for a while. Emmanuel Adebayor? No, it is Samir Nasri. Samir Nasri. Samir Nasri. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Back to Anderlecht. So three for four. We oh, he's going to destroy. He's going to destroy in Belgium. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, it's going to be interesting, I guess. I mean, but by the same token, I think he moved on to free from West Ham. So I'm, I'm assuming he will uh, destroy, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. My final one for you. Uh, we'll just do it this way. Uh, there have been a lot of players who have moved that kind of like I think went under the radar a little bit. Um, a, a simple one. This is not La Liga related. Uh, I would like to know which country Marco Arnautovic uh, now plays in. Oh no! It's it's telling I that no I asked idea. you for the country if that helps at all, as opposed to the individual it's- team, because you might not even know the team. Is it China? It is China. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Good job. Four for five, Daryl Grove. That's a solid performance. As Meatloaf definitely said, four out of five ain't bad, right? <laughs> That's definitely what he said. <laughs> I do have one more for you. Have you had enough? Should we get to today's uh, uh, sponsor or should we do one more question? Um, I've got time for one more. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure my boutique hotel feels the same way, but let's do it anyway. Yeah, all right. Uh, the final one, this one's a little bit tougher. Uh, this is the one that kind of started this. This was the first question I came up with because I was like, wait, what happened now? Uh, likely in an effort to not fall further into financial ruin, uh, Fulham loaned which creative playmaker to Galatasaray for the coming season? Fulham loaned a playmaker to Galatasaray. I would consider him a playmaker. Yes. It's not Mitrovic, right? Because he's a striker. Correct. I can't think of Fulham having a playmaker. Uh, uh, I, am I missing let, something? Let me, let me rephrase it to you. How about a midfielder? A central midfielder? No, I'm blanking. I'm sorry. I, I know Michael maybe, Seri. You, you think of him as a playmaker? I guess so, yeah. He's like a central midfielder. He pulls some strings, or at least theoretically All does, right. until Fulham are terrible. Uh, I mean, 
I, if I was feeling more competitive, I'd be appealing on a technicality here, but okay. <laughs> I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving John you Michael that. John Michael has gone to Galatasaray. Did not know that. Yeah. There's That's a, not how his Premier League move was supposed to work out, is it? Not too much. Not too much, no. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, so I, I think still an admirable admirable performance by you. So well yeah. done. Um, yeah, and then and no more quizzes for you, at least until you get back to the studio, in which case I may have Phew. another one. <laughs> uh, but before we get back to uh, my conversation with uh, Graham Ruthven, we should also talk about today's sponsor. Uh, yeah. Still a new sponsor, even though we've we've uh, we've done one ad already. But you know, I, yeah. I consider them new and exciting. It's feels. It's their sophomore episode. It is. <laughs> Feels, spelled F-E-A-L-S, as opposed to F-E-E-L-S, but I see what they're doing there, uh, is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. Uh, it's been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. So it's CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I remember, you drop it under your tongue because they sent yep. us um, a nice sample mm-hmm. kit. Um, this was the first time I'd ever uh, tried any CBD oil. And... I, so I wouldn't call myself an anxious person. It's not like something that I, I struggle with. But what I did find is that when I, after I'd taken a drop of, of feels, I, um, I did some scouting assignments. Mm-hmm. And normally I really go back and forth on, oh, like, is this the right part? Like I, I sort of second guess myself on who I'm assigning to whom. Um, and I found myself just being much more decisive after, after my, uh, my drop of feels, which I guess is probably a reduction in, I guess second guessing is a yeah. form of like, a low level form of anxiety, right? So it absolutely like, removed that for me. And I, I, I assigned scouts with no second guessing. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I think CBD, again, CBD, not the, uh, the THC, uh, infused kind or whatever the THC has been removed. So yes. it's legal to, uh, very legal. So, very, yeah. very legal. Don't get in trouble with CBD. But because of that connection, I think we do, or at least I do tend to associate it with like, oh, you have some of that and then you relax. Like you hang out, you're doing other stuff, whatever. Maybe it makes yard work fun. But you're absolutely right that like it does help me. Like I feel like to stay a little bit more focused or a little bit more like involved yeah. when I'm doing research or reading about a player or, you know, sending Shopping. emails or stuff. Yeah. It helps me feel sharper for sure. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and so you can basically check out uh, Feels. You can see if CBD is right for you. Uh, they ship directly to your doorstep in only a few days. So it's the new, natural, healthy, better way to feel better. And if you're new to CBD, um, Feels offers a free CBD hotline and text message support yep. to help guide you through your personal experience. Yes. So if you want to check out what Feels has on offer, you can become a member today by going to feels.com slash TSS and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash TSS to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Can I say the URL as well? It's feels.com slash TSS. Now I feel part of things. I mean, you didn't, you didn't wait for me to say yes, but yes, you can. That's fine. All right. Um, <laughs> it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. I suppose that's true. Uh, thank you very much to Feels for sponsoring today's episode. Daryl, thank you for um, potentially stressing out your uh, boutique hotel. If so, you should just give them some Feels, and I'm sure they'll feel better. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate it. I might need you. to give myself I might need to give myself a drop of Feels so I can focus on my packing, get it done fast. It, it will... If it helps, it will never be as tense or as close as our trip to the Orlando airport. So at least there's that. <laughs> That's, I'm going to remember that day forever. I, I, I will <laughs> never forget the feeling of relief getting into the sort of, uh, what is it, like the jetway or whatever it's called, when, yeah, when the, yeah. the person ta- like checking people in for the flight said, you had one more minute. <laughs> it's like, wow, yep. okay, all right. And someone else said, these guys ran track. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Ah, uh, the full sprint. But yes, uh, <laughs> that can also uh, alleviate the anxiety for sure. But Daryl, thank you uh, again for taking the time to uh, chat with me, do some quizzing, uh, and 
now I suppose we will get back to my conversation with Graham. Who do you think plays the most games for Barcelona this season? Uh, Usman Dembele, Felipe Coutinho, or Neymar? <laughs> um, well, you're asking me to, to, to make a judgment <laughs> on whether Neymar's going to end up at Barcelona there. It, it, was, um, it was my backdoor way of doing that, yes. Yes. Um, that's, that's another interesting one because all the movement in Spain at the moment I mean, if that's the if that's the way you want to lead into to that topic, sure. <laughs> all all the movement in Spain at the moment is is with Neymar is is towards Real Madrid, which is 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 really interesting, you know. And while Neymar is is, I always felt that when he went to PSG, that's that is what would happen. I I actually, in a very cynical way, thought that was the plan all along. Was you can't, I mean, unless you're Luis Figo, you can't go from Barcelona to Real Madrid. So the way to get there is. Yeah, and if you do, then you get a pig's head thrown at you. So you don't want to do that yeah, either. No, no, you don't want to do that. That's bad times. <laughs> um, so I actually thought that was a long-term plan all along. But then, you know, Real Madrid this summer have spent, what, 60 million euros on, on Luka Jovic. They've, um, you know, Eden Hazard is in that team. So it, if, it, it almost feels like this wasn't their plan. You know, if, it, it, it feels like, well, if you, if you were going to get Neymar and you're going to get Hazard, you know, why did you then go and spend money on Jovic to if you're keeping Benzema around as well? So I, I don't think it, it seems like a, a plan. It just it just plays into the idea that I, I'm not entirely sure there's been much of a strategy at Real Madrid over the summer if he goes there. And I think that's looking as likely, if not more likely, than 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 Barcelona. Of course, what Barcelona have, as you kind of allude to there, is they've got chips that they can put into the deal with uh, Dembele, Coutinho. Um, Nelson uh, Semedo has been mentioned. Um, Malcolm went to Zenit St. Petersburg, of course, but he has been—he was mentioned as as a player that might be included in the deal. So, I I don't know how to answer that one because it, de- it obviously depends on where Neymar ends up. I would be disappointed as if Dembele left Barcelona because I think he gives them something a little bit different. And I think we saw last season he was starting to really embrace that that uh you know the pressure of playing for for Barcelona and I think he has developed a lot and grown a lot as well as as a person so I'd be disappointed I don't think Coutinho's got much of a future at, at Barcelona and I think it's a matter of time I think um I, I mean I don't know where he's going to end up to be honest Bayern Munich has been mentioned most recently um I don't think he would suit them either but um yeah uh, uh, the Neymar thing is is very interesting my my hunch in all this is that he doesn't move anywhere he stays at PSG for another season. Um, but, you know, if I were to pick Barcelona or Real Madrid, I think Real Madrid seem to be putting a lot into this, particularly to try and appease Zidane, who is already unhappy that he's he's not getting the, the players that he wants. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. You mentioned you mentioned earlier, is that like specifically just Paul Pogba or do you think there were other people that he had like on a short list that didn't come through? Because it did feel Zidane coming back like it was going to be even more control for him, which maybe would be a good thing. It felt like things like should turn around and be all you know happy go lucky, hunky dory, and instead it does feel very tense at Madrid right now. So is it just the failure to acquire Paul Pogba, or do you think there's other things at play as well? I think there's always other things at, at play at Real Madrid. I, I think, um, yeah, I think it, it probably does stem from the the Paul Pogba thing. Zidane was we we all saw it earlier in the summer. He was very public about praising Paul Pogba and saying he'd a player that he was a player that he would like. So that suggests to me that's quite unusual from Zidane. He's not the type of manager who will come out and speak about other players 
unless he has a strong feeling that that player is going to be his very shortly. And I think that's I think he probably believed Paul Pogba would would be a Real Madrid player by now. Um, and obviously that looks like it's not going to happen now with the the Premier League window being shut. So um, I, I think it's it seems like. He's maybe. I'm. I'm. I'm only going on what's been reported here. I don't have any kind of information myself. But it seems like he's been promised certain things, and then 300 million euros has been spent, and all of a sudden Perez has kind of um, pulled the purse strings tight and said there's no more money for. It. I mean, it's not just Pogba. Christian Eriksen was another one that's been re- uh, had been linked, and it seems like that trail's gone a little bit cold. And if he's going to end up in Spain, it's actually going to be at Leti rather than than Real Madrid. So um, it just. It just seems like you know Zidane was was quite clearly lured back to Real Madrid on this promise that he would have full control over, I think transfers primarily because he recognised the summer that he left that that the squad needed an overhaul and he he wasn't given that freedom, um, and the idea was that this summer he would be and I think this, this, this the, the initial signs were obviously very good they spent a lot of money very quickly. but I think Zidane probably expected a little bit more particularly in the centre of midfield where. Modric and Tony Kroos have, I mean, obviously they're excellent players, legends of the game, actually, um, but they've been in decline for a season or two. Um, you know, Luka Modric had his worst season for Real Madrid last year, which is ironic because obviously he won the Ballon d'Or, um, <laughs> which which was a little bit strange. But forget about that. Yeah, yeah, he he, uh, yeah, it's a strange little quirk. I think we'll look back at that in in, in history and kind of go, you know. What happened there? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luka Modric, great, great player, and has 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 been uh, you know a fantastic player for Real Madrid. But as I say, last last season was his worst season for Real Madrid, and there were those links with uh, with Inter Milan mm. and AC Milan and, and Serie A. So um, and Tony Kroos as well has been hasn't been his usual self. So I think Zidane in that midfield area probably thought they were going to get a, a big name. I mean, uh, Donny van de Beek from uh, Ajax has been linked now. I actually think he would be a, an excellent signing. Yeah. I would, I would argue that he's maybe, I would have him higher on the list than Paul Pogba because I think Paul Pogba, the way he plays, is a, Real Madrid needs someone to control things in the middle, and Paul Pogba is not that player. He's basically Paul Pogba as an, as, as an attacker, um, you know, an attacking midfielder. And Van de Beek would be would be fantastic for Real Madrid. So they could still turn things around with that signing. I actually think that would be a very shrewd signing. Um, but yeah, I think it probably stems from promises that have not yet been delivered for, for Zinedine Zidane. And then the other sort of, not even big talking point, but just weird talking point has been Gareth Bale. Similar to like Zidane talking about, uh, maybe like he spoke a little bit prematurely about Pogba thinking he was arriving. There've been plenty of quotes from Zidane, especially this offseason, about how Gareth Bale was leaving. Instead, Gareth Bale's still there. Like, what do you think, two questions here. First off, like, how would you, as like, as best you can, explain what has happened to Gareth Bale at Real Madrid, because it sounds like it just goes back to him thinking he was fit and not being fit. Um, but then I'm also mm-hmm. wondering how you think this plays out. There was interest from China. That didn't happen. Premier League window closed. It feels like he's going to spend his whole season playing golf, and I'm sort of surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole golf thing has been has been really interesting in Spain. I mean, I, I think this this term often gets used um, too often and is often applied incorrectly. But get, I think in this case it, it's justified. Gareth Bale has become a scapegoat in in mm-hmm. in Spain, um, particularly for the Madrid media. I mean, they they often they they, they often need a, a, a scapegoat the a scapegoat to the Madrid the Madrid media. But um, you know, but and Bale has, has Bale has taken on that role. I mean, 
Yeah, there, I mean, I'm not saying Gareth Bale is, is completely flawless. I mean, one of the, the, the things he certainly should have made more an effort to do is, is to learn Spanish. I mean, I think that is um, a yeah. failing on his on his behalf. I mean, how long has he been there? What, six, six years, as, as long as that? Um, something around there. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he can't speak a word of Spanish. He can't, he can't even hold the, the most basic of conversations in Spanish. So that is obviously a failing and doesn't endear himself too much. But the number of times last season Gareth Bale would come off the bench or would play in Copa del Rey games and he was clearly the best player on the pitch. I think, um, so Real Madrid played a pre-season game against Arsenal um, and it, they were 2-0 down at half-time and Arsenal, could, it could have been 3 or 4 and Gareth Bale came off the bench and that was right at the, the height of the, the rumours that he was, he was going to go to China and it seemed imminent in the next couple of days. So no one actually expected him to play again for Real Madrid. He came off the bench at half-time. I think he scored to make it 2-1 and then maybe set up the goal for 2-2. And all of a sudden, it was, it, he was the best player on the pitch. And that, that's, quite, that's, quite off, uh, that's quite common for Gareth Bale. Is that when he does play, you think, wow, this guy is arguably Real Madrid's best player. I mean, I know, that, I know that's a, a bold statement to make, particularly for a player they're trying to get rid of. But... The difference he makes so so frequently when he comes on or plays is, is stark, and you just think this this whole situation is bizarre. And I've written about it. You know, it's it's, it's a lot of it is about understanding the, the culture of Real Madrid as a club and 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 the socios of of the club as well, and what they demand from their players. And they, you know, they they, they very much kind of um, loyalty is not kind of top at other clubs loyalty is often valued more than anything else and the fan favourites are the most loyal players but at Real Madrid it's it's about the players who will deliver success in the immediate term and that's why you get booze for, for Cristiano Ronaldo when he has like two two bad games for Real Madrid doesn't score for two games he gets you know whistled um, it's a very different club it's a very different culture to, to most other clubs and, and I think Bale's got, been caught up in this as to how it ends I really have no idea. I really have no idea. It seems unlikely that he's going to leave Real Madrid now. As you say, the Premier League window is closed. I think it's quite funny that um, you know Manchester United for the past five years, the two players that they have they have pursued for such a long time, year after year, they go back to Real Madrid asking, you know, can we get Ronaldo? No. Can we get Gareth Bale? No. And then those two players in successive summers were were available, and Manchester United weren't interested. So uh, I find that quite funny. The Spurs thing was a non-starter for me, but because of their wage structure, mm-hmm. the only way that was going to happen was if Real Madrid were going to pay, you know, half his wages, which I suppose, you know, could happen. There's precedent for that. Manchester United paid half of Wayne Rooney's wages at Everton when he went there. So I. I and obviously the Chinese um, window is now closed as well. So that, that opportunity is gone. I think I always thought Italy w- would maybe be, I always thought he seemed like a, maybe an, a, a bit of an Inter Milan signing, but now Antonio Conte is there and I don't think Bale is an Antonio Conte's type of player. Not you know, so much of, now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. One of the, one of the things that, that Bale, you know, we all know Conte wants complete commitment from his players and Bale... Um, you know that's the criticism of him at Real Madrid. Um, so I, yeah. I really don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what the future holds for Gareth Bale. I actually wrote an article for Four Four Two. I think last week or the week before, trying to pick a positive out of it if I could um, from from Bale's perspective. In that you know the last kind of big name British player to be at Real Madrid was of course David Beckham, and David Beckham found himself frozen out at Real Madrid as well. Um, when he announced that he was going to go and play for the LA Galaxy, Fabio Capello said that he would never play for Real Madrid again. 
he, through an injury crisis, came on in a game against Real Sociedad, um, either scored an equaliser or set up an equaliser, and so forced his way back into the team that way, and actually was a key figure by the end of the season as Real Madrid won uh, La Liga. Real Madrid tried to actually... Um, postpone his move to LA Galaxy because they were so convinced that that you know they were they were turned they did a U-turn on David Beckham. So there will be an opportunity for Bale if he stays. There at Marco Marco Sensio is out for the season um, who plays in the same kind of position as Bale. Vinicius Jr is still only a teenager so there'll be inconsistencies there. So somewhere throughout the season there will be a chance for Bale. He just needs to make sure that he takes it and he makes himself undroppable. And I think that's the only way back for him. All right. I know you've got uh, deadlines. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I have two more questions for you, theoretically. Mm -hmm. We'll see if it ends up being eight, but right now it's two. Um, So like Gareth Bale, uh, I think... Like the numbers fluctuate, but basically, I think in dollars is on like twenty five million a year. Supposedly, he's got a three year deal, seventy five million. Barcelona have spent, I think, since like twenty fourteen, they've spent, I think, like over a billion with with sales. I think they're like still spending about six hundred million euros. This mm-hmm. is maybe a stupid question, but sometimes stupid questions are good questions. Is there mm-hmm. any threat of financial fair play or financial irregularities with those bigger teams in La Liga, or is it just that they have so much money and so much influence around the world that they can kind of spend whatever they want? Well, both Barcelona and Real Madrid are very wary of, of financial fair play. I don't, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I would, I'll have to plead a certain degree of ignorance mm-hmm. in that I've not looked forensically at the, at the figures recently. Anyway, I did, I did last season for a bit, but. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how close to that that FFP line they they, they are, um, particularly after the the money that, that they have they've spent. Um, well, I think Barcelona is particularly worried about it because they've not been able to. So they've spent big, and particularly if Neymar arrives, um, that I think they're. I mean, it's something insane. Their wage bill is is. Uh, don't quote me on this, but it's, it's something around forty percent of their their turnover as as a club wow. um, is wage wages, which is. It's by far the most in Europe um, the last time I looked. Real Madrid have at least been able to kind of offload a few players. I mean, that's why you have uh, Marcus Llorente going to Atletico Madrid is because, um, not that he was on a massive wage, but it's just about bringing the, the you know, balancing the books a little bit and Atletico were, were willing to pay the money. So even though Llorente, the Real Madrid, if, if they'd had it all their own way, they probably would have kept Marcus Llorente. But they've also... Kind of got rid of uh, Raul de Thomas, who's 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 gone. They, they've been able to to sell a, a, a few players Real Madrid, whereas Barcelona haven't really mm-hmm. been able to do that. I mean, that's why Malcolm has gone to, to Zenit is basically because they're they're worried about balancing the books. So, um, yeah, certainly one to keep an eye on, particularly in the Barcelona case. Um, but I think these two clubs are are, are behemoths, aren't they? I yeah. mean, they're arguably they're arguably the two biggest clubs in the world. So. You know, I, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, if they get into a bit of trouble, I suspect but either of them, Barca or Real Madrid, just go out and sign another sponsor, you know, and slap another logo on their shirt somewhere. Oh, yeah, and, good call. They can do that. Right. <laughs> get, get them out a little bit of trouble that way. But, um, yeah, certainly want to keep an eye on, yeah. And then uh, I'm not going to say, like, which team will, but you've got, like, the big three, sort of the established three of Barca, uh, Atleti, Real Madrid. Um if there were a team positioned to maybe break that up a little bit, not even necessarily like win La Liga, but is there a team in La Liga right now who you think is poised to potentially like finish top three? Um, to, to be honest, that the frank answer to that is no okay. at the moment, but I will qualify it. I, I, I think Valencia have this this kind of long term, not so long term actually, maybe two to three years. They they want to get up there. I mean, Marcelino. 
um, is an excellent coach. They, they're spending a little bit of money, as I mentioned earlier. They're, they're going to lose Rodrigo Moreno, but they've, they've already got a replacement there in Maxi Gomez from Celta Vigo, who was wanted by West Ham, and, and West Ham were willing to pay, you know, like £40 million, I think, for him, and, and he went to Valencia instead. They've also got uh, Denis Cherchev, who's come in, uh, Mangala from Man City. You know, they lost Neto, their goalkeeper, to Barcelona, but in a strange sort of swap deal they got uh, Sillison from Barcelona as well so the, their squad looks very strong and obviously Valencia I think um, I mean there's a case to be made Valencia are as big a club as uh, as Atletico Madrid um, they are you know there is a very clear I think big four clubs in terms of size and stature in Spain and Valencia that other one they have seemingly kind of left behind that volatility of, of, of a few years ago however you just never know Valencia it could be creeping around the corner again so um, I don't think Valencia will finish in the top three, but I think they very much want to get there as quickly as possible. And, and their, their squad is, is strong. All right. Well, those were my two questions, Graham. I really appreciate it. It's been a while since we were burned by the transfer window. So, uh, so I'm hoping like Neymar hasn't signed for Real Madrid while we've been <laughs> recording. If he has, uh, yeah, then Zidane's we will... has been sacked. Exactly. Neymar has gone to Barcelona. <laughs> Valverde's been signed by Madrid. It's very confusing. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if all, any of that happens, uh, we look forward to having you back on. Uh, but for now, Graham, I just wanted to say thank you again for taking the time to uh, talk to me about La Liga today. Thanks. It was good fun. 